This is our second part of our series of looking at uh, the Good Shepherd. And so today we see that the sheep are called by the shepherd. The sheep are called by the shepherd. We're going to be reading in John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. We'll go through verse 8, and then we will skip down to read verse 16. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hears voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Thank you. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. First point today is the good shepherd gathers his sheep. He gathers the sheep with a special call that is distinct from all other voices. Each morning, as a shepherd prepares to lead sheep to pasture, he offers either a special call or a special tune that he plays on a small flute. Different shepherds might share the same fold for a night, but separating the sheep in the morning or at other times is not difficult. The sheep can distinguish the voice of their own shepherd from the voice of other shepherds. And as we come to John chapter 10, when it comes to our spiritual shepherd, there's only one good shepherd. The question I have for you today is, do you recognize the voice of the good shepherd? Are you following the good shepherd today? We can relate to these distinct sounds, for we grow accustomed to certain sounds in life, whether it be to voices of people that we love dearly, and we hear their voices often, and we can pick them out in a crowd, or whether it be through routine. As my mother uh, would prepare for work in the mornings, I distinctly remember her grabbing her keys and grabbing her purse and heading out the door. And I remember the jingle of those keys. And then I remember after a hard day's work, when she would return, I'd hear those keys jingling in the door. And as she came through the door, once again, I would hear that distinct sound. So much so, I heard it every day that one day I was sitting on the front row in church because that's where the good boys sit. And so I was sitting, there you go, guys, y'all like that. I, I got three. And ladies over here. But as I'm sitting there on the front row, I hear that jingle. And immediately I know that's my mom. 
and she's getting her keys out because she's probably ready for the pastor to be finished with the message. And I hear that jingle. And before I even turn around, I go, that's my mom. And sure enough, I turned and I looked and there she was in the back taking her keys out of her purse. I knew that sound, that distinct sound. Why did I know that sound? Because I had grown familiar to that sound. When it comes to Jesus and his call over our lives, we're not familiar with the name of Jesus because we've known it our whole life. We're not familiar because we can say things like, I've been a Christian my whole life, because that's not a true statement. We say that out of routine. We say that um, because maybe we've heard other people say that. But we haven't been a Christian our whole life, and we haven't followed the Good Shepherd's voice our whole life. But there came a moment when we did hear the Good Shepherd. And that's what we're seeing today. There's a call, a distinct call that goes forth, a distinct call that's different from any other voice. Jesus gathers his sheep with a special call. This is due to a, this special call is for each one of his sheep and it's separate from the general call for all of mankind. I want you to hear this clearly today. There's a general call that goes out through all of the earth. This general call bids us to look around at all created things and give praise to the creator, to submit to his authority and trust in his love. Now, before we go to any excuses, let me explain the general call. It is that we should be able to walk out of our houses, walk out of our apartments or walk out of our mud huts, wherever we are throughout the world. And as we walk out of the door, we should look at creation and say, glory to God. Glory to God. You created us. You made us. You have fashioned us for your glory. We should see a sunrise and go, glory be to God. We should see a sunset and again, glory be to God. We should look to one another and go, glory be to God and glory be to God. And yeah, glory be to God. We should look all created things and give glory to the creator. This should be our response. And this is a call throughout all of God's creation to give the creator praise. But what do we do with this general call, this truth that there is a creator? We suppress it. We push it down. We want to ignore it. We do not want to acknowledge that God created this world. Instead, there are many who would rather hold to all of this being an accident, but yet every day, if it is so true that our earth, it were to tilt one slight way or another, we'd either freeze to death or burn to death. And we go, no, just happened by a bang. Yeah, all of this just happened by coincidence. And people believe it. You may be here today and you believe it. You may think it's foolish for us to believe in a holy God who created all things. But understand this, that is the general call. It should be natural for us to live life and give glory to the creator. But due to the fallenness of mankind, due to death that came to all of us from sin in the garden, we suppress this truth. And yet... No man or woman is without excuse when you stand before God one day. No man that lives in the United States, no woman that lives in South America, no person that lives on the continent of Africa or in the most remote tribes are without excuse when they stand before a holy God and say this, well, I never heard the name of Jesus. 
No missionaries ever showed up at my door. As we stand before a holy God, no excuse will pass if we have rejected him as creator and Lord and sustainer of life and if we reject his son. That is why there is an effectual call. Because with a general call looking out to all created things, every one of us in our sin, we reject God. Yet there's no way around that. There's no other scenario that you could paint and say, I wish there was another way. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ brings an effectual call. It is the distinct call of the shepherd. When the light of Christ shines forth, within our darkened souls and calls us out of darkness of sin into his glorious light. It is an effectual call. And here's why. Because it leaves nothing undone or anything remaining for us to do in order to be saved. We are awakened from the dead and proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord. It is effectual as evidenced through our faith and repentance in Christ. We see evidence of this of the blind man in John chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus comes along, heals the blind man, then departs. Religious leaders come to him, say, how do you have your sight? He says, a man named Jesus. What do you know about him? All I know is he made me see. He made me see. And in fact, when we first become followers of Jesus Christ, that's really all we can say. He made me see. He made me see that he's Lord and Savior. That's about all I can really tell you right now, but I believe it. And then later Jesus comes back after the religious leaders had cast him out. And here's what he says. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the response of the man went something like this. Well, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus says, I am he. And he says, I believe There is evidence of an effectual call that when you hear the shepherd's call, you respond. There's no straw man argument that says, but what if he's calling and I don't respond? He calls, you respond. What if I want to come to Jesus, but he doesn't want me? Nowhere in scripture could that ever stand. If there's a true desire to follow, then it is true that there's an effectual call. There's a response, there's faith, there's repentance. This is what Jesus is is getting at in John chapter 10. Then we look at a passage like Romans 8.30. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Maybe it makes you uncomfortable when you hear or see the word predestined. Or election. Maybe you come from a background where that has divided and separated a body of people. But this is scripture. And scripture is not meant to divide the church. It unites. It brings us together. We may wrestle with how this predestination is carried out, how we are set apart in Christ before the foundation of the world. Really just reading Ephesians 1, 4 right there. But yet how this is the work of God. Now he sets the sheep aside to give to the shepherd we may wrestle with, and that is okay. I want you to hear this. That is okay if you're wrestling with it or you have questions and you can wrestle with that in this place. But as we go beyond just predestination and we continue with this passage right here, Romans eight thirty, 
Here's what I believe we should all have in common, and I really do not see how we can get around any other way of it being carried out. Those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. All of this connects together. It's not just one event that happens. It's not that you had a time in your life where you repented to follow Jesus, but now you're at a point where you feel like you're no longer his. You may think that you lost your salvation somewhere along the way. There are plenty of people who believe that you can lose your salvation. I find that awfully difficult to believe as a follower of Jesus. In fact, I find it impossible to believe as a follower of Jesus Christ that once he has called you and made you his very own, that you'll fall away. One strong evidence is Romans 8.30 right here, because when he calls you, he justifies you, which means he places you in a position of righteousness. That's his work. That's his doing. That's his great love for you and for the glory of God. And not only does he justify you, he also glorifies you. You will be glorified, meaning you will be made new in eternity. All of this is a promise. It's not disconnected one from the other based on your performance, but it's all based on his. That is an effectual call. This is salvation. This is the good shepherd's work. And Jesus calls his own sheep by name. Don't you love that when we see it in the passage? He knows his sheep by name. Now, you may name animals. If you have a pet, if you have a dog or a cat, don't know why you'd have a cat, but you may. Gerbil, ferret, which would be better than a cat. But if you were to name sheep, maybe you'd see a sheep with a bum leg and you'd call him something cute like Gimpy. Or if he had the absence of one leg, you could call him Tripod. (laughs) If he was rambunctious, you could call him Wooly Bully. And if he was just extremely cute, you could call him Q-Tip. If he was very white, you could call him Snow White or Snowball. Or if he was fluffy, call him Fluffy. If he's curly, call him Curly. Vanilla Bean, or if he had a darker coat, you could call him Coffee Bean or Espresso, or maybe even go with Frappuccino. You could name your sheep and take ownership of them. And yet, if one was really pretty, you could go with Yulia Roberts. (laughs) You like that one? I almost stopped at Frappuccino, but I couldn't. I had to go with that one. Sheepnames.com. It's their fault. It's their fault. We are named. And he knows our names. Our salvation is personal. Jesus Christ calls us out by name. He knows us personally because he is a personal shepherd. First thing we see is that Jesus calls his own sheep by name. And then we also see that Jesus, he goes before his sheep. It is not uncommon for modern shepherds to lead over 200 sheep through a valley by walking slowly in front of them, giving his 10-second call roughly every 40 seconds. And I love this imagery because it provides for us an intimate picture of a shepherd's deep concern for his sheep. 
that he goes before his sheep. The good shepherd leads the way to salvation, calling us out of danger and safely bringing us into the sheepfold. But he doesn't stop there. He leads us daily. May we not see salvation as a one-time moment, but it is every day as the good shepherd leads us. As we faithfully follow the lead of our shepherd, we we grow more accustomed to his ways and plans for our lives. Romans 8, 28, as we read, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Salvation is not for your purpose or for my purpose. Salvation is for his purpose. The call is not for our betterment of life. It is all for the glory of God. It is for the shepherd. The sheep are called according to his purpose. And the good shepherd leads us in this purpose every day, every day. We submit to the shepherd's authority over our own lives. Psalm 23, second part of verse 2 and following, he says, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Paul's, and we go, yes, that's what I want. Restore my soul. Lead me in paths of righteousness. But for what purpose? For his name's sake. It's for his name's sake, not for our name, but for his name. And so for this purpose and leading our lives, he goes before us. He leads us out. Then also Jesus remembers all of his sheep. You may be wrestling with your salvation right now thinking, what if he has forgotten about me? What if a certain sin that I have committed lately has been that sin where he just says, I'm done with you. I'm tired of you. I've heard it said, people have said, you know what? No one can pluck us out of the shepherd's hand, but I can pluck myself out of his hand. That that doesn't even make sense. You're a someone. You're a creation. But if you're a new creation, that wasn't your work. That was his work. Amen? Amen. And it's all for his name's sake. And then he remembers you. He remembers all of his sheep. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. John 6, 37. If you're sitting here and you're going, I want to come to Christ, but what if he doesn't receive me? All who comes to me, I will give them life. I will never cast them out. One of the most ridiculous examples I've ever seen used is somebody say, if I want to come to Jesus, what if he doesn't receive me? What if he hasn't called me? We don't come to Jesus unless we're called. We don't. Now, you may wrestle with that, and I encourage you to wrestle with it. But wrestle with it within the scriptures and not with some philosophical argument. We are not to debate the truths of God with philosophy, but with theology, with the word of God. That's where we go to first. 
We have temptations to run elsewhere, to try to wrap our minds around the truth, but yet we must go to the truth and wrestle with it and keep wrestling with it and keep wrestling with it. But understand this, if this is true in John 6, 37, and I believe it is with all of my heart, all that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Then it means that it is the shepherd's responsibility to care for a sheep. It's the shepherd's responsibility and he will not fail in his responsibilities. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. He knows us and he knows us by name. He is very familiar with his sheep. He knows you. If you're following Christ, he knows everything about you. He knows the gifts that have been given to you. He knows the wickedness inside of you. He knows that you struggle with sin. He knows that there are certain sins that you continue to struggle with, and you're wondering, do other people struggle with those sins? He knows that about you. He knows when you go on a good run of faithfulness, and he knows when you fall hard, and he is there to pick you up when you fall hard. He is your good shepherd. He knows you by name. He knows all the details about your life. He's not impersonal. He's not way off in the distance. In fact, he's leading you. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus says the Lord, who, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Listen to this. I have called you by name. You are mine. When God says you are mine, it means he takes hold of you. No one can snatch you away from God. You are his possession. You are his child. You are the shepherd's sheep. We as sheep have an intimate belonging with a good shepherd. You can say, I have Jesus in my heart. And then wrestle with, do I really have Jesus in my heart? But what you can take more comfort in is that Jesus has you. He has you. And he knows your name. You may be wondering how all this is carried out. You may be sitting there wondering, has the good shepherd called me? What I bid you to do is look to the good shepherd and trust in him. There's... Nothing more difficult that you have to figure out but trust in Jesus. And knowing that trusting in Jesus, there has been a call and a calling of your name as you place faith in the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gathers his sheep, he brings them together, number one. Number two, the sheep respond to the Good Shepherd's call. He's not just calling out, hoping that someone will hear him. He has an effectual call, and the sheep have ears to hear the call of Jesus. Proverbs 20, verse 12, as we see, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. If we want another effectual calling, we see Zacchaeus, the wee little man. The wee little man was he? In Luke chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, 
hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. What happened next? Luke 19, verse 9, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek them and save them. His saving work is good. It is complete. It is whole. Ezekiel 34, 11, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. To those who are followers of Christ in the room, do you remember when you first recognized the good shepherd's voice? Do you remember hearing the call of salvation? Were you in a church service like this one? Were you on a retreat or at a conference or at a camp? Were you in your home, in your living room, or in your bedroom? Were you at college, at work? Maybe were you on a mission trip? There have been plenty who have gone on a mission trip and returned back followers of Christ themselves. Wherever you were, do you remember the call? All you wanted in that moment was Jesus. I remember that call at age 13. I can give you a date. I can give you a time. I can give you all of that. It's okay if you can't give an age or a date and a time. But do you remember? Do you remember what was pressing upon your heart? That all you wanted in that moment was to follow Jesus. Nothing else. I want Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Please save me, Jesus. I remember lying down on the third bunk in a cabin there in Panama City Beach, or Laguna Beach, if we're being exact, and calling out to the Lord, save me. Lord, will you please save me? Do not forget me, Lord. Save me. I, I, I didn't know all of this. I didn't know the good shepherd was calling me, that I was a sheep. All I knew is that I wanted Jesus. That's all I wanted in that moment. I didn't care about anything else except for calling or trusting in Jesus. What about you? Is that part of your life? It should be distinct that there was a time in your life where all you wanted to do was follow Jesus and you repented to follow Christ and you have continually followed Christ. For two people in the room, one, if it's very vague and you're placing all your hope on this, I was just, I've just been a Christian my whole life. Well, tell me about when you trusted in Jesus. I really don't remember. If that's you, are you really certain that you have responded to the call? And are you truly following the shepherd or are you following the influence of other people around you? who have said, yeah, yeah, you've followed Christ your whole life. I mean, but do you remember placing faith and trust in Christ? That's important because there's a repentance. There's a turning from our old ways and trusting in what is new. Or if you're here today and you're saying, I'm not a Christian, but man, I want to follow the good shepherd. How might I be saved? Hey, right where you are, you call upon the good shepherd and say, save me. Save me of my sins. I, I, I want you to be my shepherd. I trust you died for me on the cross. I trust your blood was shed. 
for me and that I have forgiveness of my sins. Save me now. Would you call upon the Lord today and be saved? Where were you? And are you continuing to follow Jesus? The sheep have been given the ability to follow the call of Jesus. What do you mean being given the ability? Because here, our state, our position before the call. Romans 6, 6 through 7. Or Romans 6, 7. Yeah, I think that's 6 through 7. Yes. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Catch that. Romans 6, verse 6. Our old self was crucified with him. When was Jesus crucified? 2,000 years ago. What happened to our old self? Crucified with him. Why? Why was our old self crucified with him? So that this would happen in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. What is your hope that you no longer have to continue in the bondage of sin, that you trust that your old self was crucified with Christ at the cross? Will you put your faith and trust in this good news? Why? So that we will no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 7, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Wow. When we die to ourselves and we trust in Jesus, we are no longer under the bondage of sin. Sin constrains. Sin kills. Sin blinds us, keeps us from seeing the truth. But when all of that is removed by God's grace, and we see the shepherd, we call upon him and say, save me. I trust that my old self died with you at the cross so that I could be set free. I will willfully follow you. That we can be owned by another, no longer owned by sin, but owned by the shepherd. The sheep know the voice of Jesus and will flee from the stranger's voice. We see this in John chapter 10, which leads us to ask this question. What does this voice sound like? What does a shepherd's voice sound like compared to a stranger's voice? More than what it sounds like, we know what his voice commands us to do. Let me use this example. The other day, I was riding around town, I was coming back to work, and I have XM radio for three months. Got a little gift with it, came three months, so I was like, okay, cool. So I'm listening to all the stations, there's a comedy station, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mood for a laugh, let's try it. So I, I turn on the comedy station, and there's a female comedian, and she's funny, I mean, she is funny, and it sounds as though she has an auditorium of thousands of people. And come to find out she did. It was an auditorium packed full of people, thousands of people. And she's there, she's telling jokes, and I mean, she has them all going along with her. And at the end of her time, she shares something very personal. She shares this story. It was about her coming out to the world um, as she was making it clear that she was embracing the homosexual lifestyle and that this is who she is and she's coming out to the world. But how did she know when to come out to the world? And she said she had a dream one night, and 
she dreamed of a bird cage and a small finch that was within that bird cage. And she's standing on the outside looking at this bird, but as she looks closer, she realizes that the bird is her. And the bird is wanting to get out of the cage, but she's saying, you can't get out of the cage. If you get out of the cage, there's no way you can get out of this cage. You're trapped in this cage. And she said, but in that dream, she remembered that the bars were just wide enough and that there was a window open that the finch said, no, I can get through these bars and I can go through this window And the bird got out, flew out the window. End of dream. She says she woke up the next day. She knew that that was her sign, that she should open up to the whole world, that she has embraced, that homosexual lifestyle was for her. When she said that, the auditorium erupted with praise. Hands clapping, voices shouting. Not a single one in that auditorium was saying, but that's sinful. Now look, this comedian is funny. And she's very kind. And she's very considerate to other people. She's very giving. In fact, we could learn a lot from the way she gives to others. There are a lot of things that are good about the way she lives her life towards other people. But when she said this, she received the greatest embrace by an auditorium of thousands of people. And as I'm listening to this part, and it was only about three or four minutes, I mean, all of this happening quickly, and I'm putting it together, and I'm recognizing the voice, and I'm going, okay, I think I know who this is. And, then, and I'm going, how she must feel in this moment to have such applause, such affirmation, such approval, when she says that for years she was rejected, but yet now she's so accepted. But sadly, if we hold to the word of God and truthfully as we hold to the word of God, what she was hearing that night and what she was receiving from that night was from the voice of a stranger, not from the voice of a shepherd. We have maybe been so influenced by our world right now that you're ready to argue with me about that. Wait, 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 who are you to answer to that, Brian? I am no one but a child of God who stands on the word of God. And as we read the word, what we realize is that God is the one who has fashioned relationships. He is the one who designed a man and a woman to come together. God designed this. And this is one example that I chose to give. And the main reason why is because of the auditorium full of people who are saying, yes, yes, you are awesome. We agree with you. And yet she can go from one packed auditorium to another packed auditorium and continue to be filled with the whispers, with the affirmation, and the voice of a stranger. What about you today? Are you living your life following the voice of strangers? Or are you following the shepherd? Yeah. I remember when I was a child, my mother said, stay away from strangers, stranger danger, stranger danger. It didn't take long. I, remember, I still remember at age five, I saw we were in Hardee's because I used to have those all around. And there was a man sitting in a booth. My mom went to go get food and he said, hey, come here, little guy. Come see me. Stranger danger. No way. Uh uh-uh. Ran, went and found my mom. How can we avoid the voice of the stranger? when we only draw close to the voice of our shepherd. Right here. Right here in the word of God. 
You want me to give you evidence of how hostile our flesh is against God? It still bears evidence today when we find it almost impossible for ourselves to get into the Word of God and read it and study it. I mean, we fight to get into the Word. Some of you are doing a 90-day Bible read, awesome, reading through the whole Bible, and you're, you're seeing what a struggle it is to spend one hour a day in the Bible. And many have already chalked that up to being impossible. <laughs> no way would I do an hour in the Bible. But then at the end of a day, if we look at our phones and say, hey, how much FaceTime did I have today? Five hours. Wow, well, that was pretty average today. Not bad. We have been so programmed, but yet not due to modern technology, but because of who we are in the flesh, to be anti-God, to be anti-Scripture. But yet when we hear the call of the shepherd, we hear his voice. And you're saying, I want to know the voice of the shepherd. You want to know the voice of the shepherd? It's when we come to the Scriptures and we read and we say, Teacher, shepherd, I'm listening to your voice. Teach me. Teach me. The sheep follow the shepherd, they flee from the stranger, and the longer a sheep follows his shepherd, the more he smells like the shepherd. The more we walk in line with Christ, the more we display the word of Christ in our lives, and we smell like the good shepherd. Understand this, the good shepherd draws close to his sheep, but he doesn't smell like the sheep, meaning he doesn't smell like stench. He doesn't have his odor about him. No, he is the good shepherd. And it's like the reverse happens. We begin to smell more pleasant. (laughs) We become stronger. We become more faithful as we follow the shepherd's voice. Church, sheep, follow the shepherd's voice this week. Be faithful. Draw close to the shepherd's voice and trust where he leads you. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. May we be careful, Father, for what voices we hear, what things we accept as normal or as truth. Father, my great concern for myself and the church at large is that we spend so much more time listening to the ways of the world than we do the voice of the shepherd. Father, change that within us. May we have hearts for you and not against you. May we have ears to hear. May we have eyes to see. May we have a desire to know more and to follow faithfully. May we be faithful sheep, knowing that we have a good shepherd who never loses us, never leaves us. He is accomplishing a great work as he holds on to us forever. The work which he came to do here on this earth is finished. It is done. We can trust that our old self was with him at the cross. And because our old self was with him at the cross, he died for our sin so that our old self can be buried and that what can be brought to life is a new creation. May we take joy as the new creation. May we take joy in being sheep. May we trust our shepherd as he leads us, for he is good. 
and there's none other like him. Thank you, God, that today we come to your word and are affirmed in this truth. I pray for the church where we might struggle, where we might wrestle on some points. May we continue to go to your word. May we remain in unity and love, knowing that we are sheep who greatly need. Jesus is our good shepherd. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.